This is Financially Tuned with Michael Mansfield from The Lind Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With 10 years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Michael Mansfield to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Hey, welcome to another week of Financially Tuned Radio. I'm your host, Michael Mansfield. I'm a certified financial planner with the Lynn Group located in Ventura, California. With me always, my good friend, my co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, thanks for joining us. We've got a great topic today. We're going to be talking about avoiding IRA and legacy mistakes in your retirement plans. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think it's important because a lot of folks out there have an IRA. Uh, some people might not even realize that they have an IRA, but they do. Right. That's a that's really a, a tax designation to an account. An IRA is in its own account, but it's it can be a tax designation on your account. And of course, we don't want to make mistakes with our legacy either. So this sounds like a great topic you've brought to discuss. And I know I ha- I always have some questions for you that uh, hopefully will help well, our listeners out there as well. That's why I keep you around. <laughs> I And I appreciate that, Michael. <laughs> uh, I really do enjoy doing the radio show each week and talking to our listeners out there, but you're the man with the answer. So uh, let's get started. Um, maybe you could give us an overview of what an IRA is and what makes up somebody's legacy. Well, yeah. So initially, like you said, Tony, a lot of this goes into the tax coding, what the IRS considers things, and perhaps the early benefits we got on account versus a late benefit when it comes to our tax planning. So when we're young, most of us go get jobs with employers. And as we're working, hopefully those employers offer us something like a 401k that we can contribute to. And they say, hey, look, if you put some money in this 401k, this is going to be a pretty smoking deal for you because we're going to give you a tax benefit right now. You do not have to pay income tax on that 401k contribution. And you say, woohoo, that's so awesome. One of the less known things that we see though in those 401k plans are what are called Roth 401ks. And that's where you can open up the 401k with your employer, but instead of getting an upfront tax benefit that you're not paying income taxes on any of those contributions, the money grows tax deferred and comes out tax free later. The reason I'm explaining it in the 401k front is because all of this rolls into the IRA world. It's just that a lot of people when they're young, they get that 401k benefit. Heck, a lot of 401ks, at least in the good old days, would give us even matching contributions. So if we put in a dollar, maybe they'd give us 50 cents. I know, Tony, that's the only reason you have a 401k is because your employer matches everything you put in, right? <laughs> well, you know, I love the employee match. It's like <laughs> free money, right? Well, that's but that's how you have to look at it. Some people still walk in, they get 100% matching up to 3 or 6% of their contributions. And you say, you just got a hundred percent return on your money. Think about that for a second. How yeah, long does it take awesome. other people to get a hundred percent return on their investments? They Could probably t- never will. <laughs> well, let's hope. But the but the, <laughs> but the theme is it's a phenomenal deal if you have it. 
Sure. The problem is, is, you know, things are changing. Pensions go away for the most part. Matchings have kind of been reduced at best. I mean, I had someone walk in from a big company and they had a nice match, but it was up to a dollar amount cap. So that was tough because they wanted to fund money, but the matches only went up to a few thousand dollars. And then after that, it was all on their own. Now, granted, Financial Planning 101 says when you're young, and people say, how much am I supposed to be saving? You say, you save as much as you possibly can save. So matches only provide value to that in addition to what you're doing, but you still need to be working your caboose off. You still need to be bringing in a paycheck and you still need to be saving as much as possible. But what happens is we have the other folks. The other folks are the ones that don't work for a big employer, don't have 401ks. That's where you get more into the IRA world. So for these folks, when they're not participating in an employer-sponsored plan, the IRS says, we don't want you to be out in the cold, so we have provisions for you too. And so, for example, you could have a traditional IRA, you could have a traditional Roth IRA. If you're a self-employed business owner, you could have other things like simple IRAs or SEP IRAs. There's a lot of different IRA designations at the end of the day, there's just a couple big things that people need to understand. You need to understand, number one, what type of tax benefit does my IRA give me? If it's a pre-tax contribution, like a traditional IRA, you're going to put money in and not pay taxes on that money as income now. But when it all comes out someday, you could have a ticking tax time bomb on your hand. This thing could come out fully taxable as it will, and eventually you know, depending on tax rates, that could be a problem. Conversely, if you get no upfront tax benefit and you fund a Roth IRA, that money's going to grow tax deferred. And someday when it comes out, it all comes out tax free. That's a very powerful tool. The problem is, is psychologically, I think we all like that instant gratification, knowing that we can save money now, not pay taxes now. That feels a whole lot better than, than maybe in 30 years, this will be a smoking deal. And so I think that's the first hurdle we always have to get over in retirement planning is what types of tax benefits are we trying to take advantage of when funding retirement accounts? Sure. The other thing that you've got to be aware of when you're funding some type of IRA is the contribution limits. Those change for different types of accounts. So I can't put in as much as I want. Yeah, you can't put in as much as you want. And even to that, it has to be earned income. So you have to go out into the world and make money to be able to fund it. So for example, like a traditional IRA, I think the um, under age 50 contribution right now is $5,500. So what you have to do is you have to go out in the world and you have to earn, you can put in 100% of your compensation up to $5,500. So you gotta make it. If you only made $3,000 last year for some reason, that's all you could even put into an IRA. So you gotta be aware of that. When you get into other types of things like a SEP IRA, which is more of a self-employed individual's IRA, they have different type of funding rules, 25% of your net income up to like $53,000, things like that. So there's a lot of consideration with this stuff. Goal number one of what type of account you should have and why. The, the theme, all of this plays back to the big picture though, right? This is all about income planning. It's about retirement planning. And it's tough when you're young to have the vision to say, here's what I'm trying to accomplish in 30 or 40 years from now. But it's simple. To me, Mike Mansfield, certified financial planner, my goal 
is to make sure that with young planners, with young people coming in here that are trying to figure it out, you create as many sources of income as possible and they all have different taxes. You have a 401k, you have an IRA, you have a Roth IRA, you have rental properties, you have uh, cash value life insurance that can create tax-free income. As many angles as you can get that aren't all like-minded in the tax world is gonna be so powerful in retirement. The problem is what I'm talking about is relevant to the young folk. It's relevant to the people that have the time to plan all these different asset classes. Because mm-hmm. let's be fair, Tony and I, you were talking. We were talking before the show. We were talking quite a bit about how most people that are nearing retirement and/or recently retired that we meet, most people somewhere between seventy-five and ninety-five percent of their money is in all pre-tax four hundred one ks and IRAs. Yep. That's fantastic if you have savings. You know what? If you walk in and you got your million bucks, hooray, that's good. The problem is if it's all in one type of asset class, one type of taxation, yep. it's going to be painful. Yeah, it is. You know. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. I know, but that's how most people are because we're so wired to take the upfront tax benefit. Sure. That, that we put it all on pre-tax 401ks and IRAs, and then someday we're sitting there going, okay, woohoo, I want to retire. How much money can I take out? And you say, oh, you want 10 grand? You better take out 13. Oh, you want 20? You better take out 26,000. Yeah, and you think, oh, I've got $100,000 in this uh, IRA or this 401k. Well, guess what? Not all of that 100,000 is yours. No, no, no. The government is the number one beneficiary on that asset class, and it never goes away. When you die and your kids inherit that money, it's still a whole giant bucket of taxable money. So, and an IRA, what does an IRA stand for? Oh, you know, what's that acronym? You've got the acronym. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I think you said it stood for individual retirement account, but it's really, it's really internal revenue account because of the tax implications, right? I always laugh when you say that. Well, it's a joint account. I like to tell people it's a joint account. Yeah. You, you and the IRS own it. Your, your 401k is a joint account. Not all that money's (laughs) yours. Some of it's uncle Sam's and he's not even really your uncle. I mean, that's, that's painful. I know. That's hey, giving it, giving it to your friends, but that's <laughs> that's tough though, and that's something that is so common. And to be fair, I get it. I I'm guilty of the same thing. Every time tax season rolls around, I start seeing what I have to pay. I start thinking, oh man, how much could I put in a SEP IRA, or what could I do to avoid some of this? You know, so psychologically, we're all wired, you know, with that same challenge. But you know what? You tie your money up in an IRA and when it eventually comes out, it's all taxable and you have to be beyond careful with that. The other problem that I see very commonly as I always theme my ticking tax time bomb (laughs) is when you have pre-taxed accounts like 401ks and IRAs, by the time you reach 70 and a half, if you're no longer contributing to your 401k, the IRS requires you to start taking money out of these accounts. Um, and it starts small. I think it's approximately 3.6% of your IRA pre-tax account values in year one. And it grows every year based on life expectancies. But this becomes a problem for some people. If you're the lucky one and you save this big giant million dollar 401k IRA account and you, you have all the income that you desire from pensions and rental properties and social security and all that kind of stuff, 
the IRS is still going to require you to take out almost $40,000 as a required minimum distribution out of that account wow. that's all taxable. And it grows every year. And so we get to a point where the taxes become the runway train. If we don't need our money, they're making us take it out. Is it throwing us into higher tax brackets? What is it doing for us? It gets crazy. And so we spend a lot of time with our retired clients focusing on tax strategies in order to try to mitigate or minimize required minimum distributions. Because there's two types of people. There's the people that need their required minimum distribution for income, and there's the people that don't. And so for those people that don't, when you say, hey, look, if you don't need that money coming out, what are the things that we could do? One of the common things that we do is we actually look at Roth conversion strategies, and we try to say, hey, if we took the next five or 10 years, how much could we convert in each year to control our tax brackets to pull out money and convert it into Roth accounts? Yeah, we have to pay taxes to do that. But you know what's interesting about today, Tony? What? We know what the tax rates are today. Do you we have do. any clue what they're going to be in 10 years? I have no idea. Do you know what they'll be in 20 years then? I know exactly what they'll be in 20 years. Oh, see, yes. I knew it. I knew it at some no, point we no. would know. <laughs> no, but I bet they'll be higher than they are now. I would guess so too. And I'm not an advocate of taxes going up. Nobody wants taxes to go up. But let's be fair. When you have a $20 trillion deficit, how do you pay for it? Well, historically, if anyone looked at the history of our def national deficit and tax brackets, they move hand in hand. And this is the first time in 100 years that our deficit's going straight up to the moon and tax rates are still low. So common sense argues that tax rates are likely going to go up in time. So converting some now could be painful. But then again, at least we know what it is versus someday when they go up a lot higher. The other thing, too, though, is, is if you wanted to pass these, these assets to your kiddos, how do you do that? How do you, how do you pass them efficiently as possible? Because any pre-taxed 401k, any pre-taxed IRA is still fully taxable to the kiddos that you love. And so you give them a big bucket of money. And there's a lot of things that you could do. You could put a beneficiary on your account, right? You know, if you put no beneficiary, then then Uncle Sam's the number one beneficiary and the, the county probate court's the number two beneficiary. And then eventually your kids will get it. Um, you could you could accidentally put your house inside of your trust and if not structured correctly, uh, you could force distributions of that giant pre-taxed account over five years, making a massive amount of taxation. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think the I think the the snowball is rolling right now. My mind is just overwhelmed with so many things here. It, it's it, <laughs> I could talk for an hour and a half on this right now. Well, we need to take a break though first. So let's take a quick commercial break here. Uh, before we do, why don't you let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. Call our office 805-500-7035. If you have questions about your 401ks, your IRAs, the the way that retirement accounts are taxed and the best plan for you, you should be working with a certified financial planner. If you're just talking to one of these CFP wannabes, it's probably not the right answer. So give me a call 805-500-7035. Do you ever wish you had an owner's manual to help you address and plan for retirement? Well, now you do. The Wealth Puzzle of Fiduciary Guides to Proper Retirement Planning by Michael J. Mansfield from The Lynn Group. If you're like most of our clients, having access to a retirement roadmap 
could help ease the financial concerns and better prepare you for retirement. That is exactly why Michael decided to author his very own book. The Wealth Puzzle, a fiduciary's guide to proper retirement planning, will help give you the foundation you need for a successful retirement. Simply call 805-500-7035 or visit thelindgroup.com to receive your copy today. And welcome back to Financially Tuned. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, and he is in the house. Michael Mansfield is our host, <laughs> and Michael is uh, a financial uh, advisor with the Lind Group. Uh, Michael, how's everything going at the Lind Group? How, how's the firm doing right now? Everything's been going great, Tony. You know, it's it's funny. It's been a it's been a whirlwind year. We moved offices last year. Um, that's been so functional for us. We have a, we have a great office right on Victoria Corner of Thill, across from the government center. Um, clients love coming here. It's just a lot easier to get to than when we were downtown location. So I think it's worked out very well for everybody. But it's just been a gangbusters year. We had a heck of a tax season, which is funny because when was the last time you had a financial planner that made sure that your taxes were in order? So we do a lot there with our clients. <laughs> And, um, you know, it's just been busy and, and you know how it is. You've got kiddos and stuff that life just doesn't stop. It really doesn't. And, um, you know, our daughter just turned seven, which was exciting. We went to one of those indoor trampoline places. Oh my gosh. That was a workout. You know, I play racquetball and get all sweaty. I went to this trampoline place jumping around. I swear 12 minutes in, I'm ready to pass out. It was it was incredible. Um, I lost five pounds. I gained it right back though, so it didn't matter. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad you lost the weight. It's just sad you <laughs> gained it all back. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a boomerang. <laughs> but we're talking about uh, IRAs and how yeah. to manage your IRAs and how it does play into your legacy planning as well. Now, legacy planning—that's something that you do for your uh, listeners out there, and I imagine um, inheriting an IRA because of those required minimum distributions can be a problem. Now, you mentioned a solution to that, a stretch IRA, but there's a lot of different solutions to not getting hit with that tax burden, right? Well, absolutely. And, and a lot of it just goes to planning, retirement planning, income planning, all of that stuff. One of the things that we commonly focus on is the early years of our retirement plan. If someone's going to retire and perhaps they haven't triggered social security or they just haven't gotten to 70 and a half when they have required a minimum distributions, how much money is coming into the household that counts as income at that point versus our working years? And how much could we be taking out of our retirement accounts, perhaps without incurring any taxation? You know, if we're in a low enough tax bracket all of a sudden because we're not working, maybe we could pull some money out of our pre-tax IRAs and 401ks and not even pay any taxes. Or if we did pay taxes, how can we manage the low level of tax brackets to try to get out as much money as possible, as efficiently as possible? Because it's amazing. Every once in a while when we have that client where they put money in while they're working and they got a tax benefit and then we pull it out perhaps very, very, very tax efficiently, 
That's pretty cool. That's exciting. You say, wow, you won on both sides of it. It's the other people that get trapped that have the problem. You get to 70 and a half and you have to pull money out and the IRS doesn't care how efficient or inefficient it is. If you have to pull out XYZ dollars and it throws you into the next tax bracket, that's your problem. Um, so there's so much of that planning that we do. One of the important things, though, that I just really wanted to point out to everybody today as we talk about IRAs is the concept of, of rolling money and transferring money. So it's very common, as we said earlier, to be in our working years, paying into our 401k, getting our matches, hopefully, work, 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 work. And then eventually we get to the moment that we perhaps retire or we're over 59 and a half and we've decided to do something else with our money. You got some options there on how to get the money out. And so generally speaking, we coin those as either direct or indirect rollovers. And what you're doing is you're moving your money from a 401k to an IRA. It's called a rollover. And you got to be very conscious about what you're doing. So number of years ago, somebody did what's called an indirect roller. And we've all heard of this stuff. Indirect rollover really says that you pull money out of an account. You take ownership of it. Maybe you deposit the check in your account and you have 60 days to put it into another IRA account without it being considered a taxable distribution from your 401k. Well, there's a long backstory to all of this, but essentially as of January 1st, 2015, the IRS has ruled that you can't just do that all the time anymore. See, in the good old days, people would do 60 day rollovers all the time and be rather creative with what they were trying to do. The IRS is kind of done with that. And they say, you can do one 60-day rollover, indirect rollover from a 401k or an IRA back into another 401k or IRA once a year. But the rule's actually deeper than that. It's not just once a year. It's once every 365 days. And so you gotta be careful. We try to avoid, like the plague, any indirect rollovers because sure. we don't we don't want to have uh, trust it's risky. me risky yeah i don't want the irs moving into my front room and living yeah. on my couch yeah you know and so we got to be very conscious about the the practice of how we move money out and and to be fair i've seen a lot of advisors that are so focused on getting your money that they don't really put the due diligence into the tax side of all of this and they and they do things very untactfully and so if the situation arises that you are required to do an indirect rollover, some of my personal practices are one, we want to make sure we go absolutely back in time for the last 365 days and to a certainty know that we have not done any other 60 day rollover rules. That's, that's kind of goal number one. Number two is we want to put it on the calendar and make stinking sure we don't do another one in the next 365 days so we don't create a taxable event. But the other thing, too, that I'm a huge advocate of, when you're filling out any kind of withdrawal form from a retirement account, an investment account, whatever it is, a lot of times they give you the option of EFTs, you know, direct deposits into your account. Yep. I say no way, Jose, to that stuff. I think person, and this is my personal opinion. This is nobody else's. This ain't in a book, but this is well, how this I feel. This is interesting because this is not the 
This is not what I expected you to say about this, but go ahead. I can't wait to hear your explanation. You can tell me what you expected afterwards. The um, But when we do a distribution, if we have to do one, remember, goal number one is we're doing direct transfers from a company to a company. You never see, touch, smell the money. But if we have to take the money from a distribution, we do not EFT it. We do not direct deposit in our account. We request a check from the institution payable to you. When it shows up in your mailbox, you do not get RV boat hungry shopping in your mind. <laughs> you you simply close your eyes and you bring us the check. What we endorse the check and we forward it to the custodian. By doing so you never that, even ca- it never hits your account. You never you, Yeah, uh, the argument okay. is is how many it. degrees of ownership do we have on this thing? And yeah. if I can say to the IRS that, "Hey, whoa, what are you talking about?" The money came from them. I didn't even deposit it because it was never for me. And we did it over there. We coded it as a 68 rule. That is a much stronger argument than you putting it in your account and going to Nordstrom's and then on day 59 and a half uh, throwing some money in another account. So we are extremely, extremely concerned and extremely cautious about doing that. And not that it's a, you know, not that it's a big deal. This, this happens on occasion, but we just want to protect ourselves. We want to protect ourselves. We don't want to have problems. The last thing that we want in retirement is what? Surprises with our money, you know? And so we got to be very careful that we code those correctly. Separately, if you do direct transfers where you're just saying, hey, I fill out a transfer form and my money's going from Fidelity to TD Ameritrade or wherever, and they code it as an IRA for the benefit of you, that's okay. The IRS says, you know what? Laissez-faire, man. Go do that as many times as you want. We're not concerned about that. We're concerned about the people that are taking ownership of their money, goofing around with it, and then trying to tell us that it was actually inside of a retirement account appropriately. Um, so we put a lot of thought and a lot of energy into those types of transactions. You know, uh, th- these are a lot of great tips for our listeners out there to uh, be aware of, but we're out of time for today's show. It just uh, flew by. Is there got- anything? Anything got, else you want to add? we got pages of stuff to talk about, man. Come on. <laughs> I know, but we're out of time for today's show. Is there anything else you want to add before we have to go? You know what? Retirement is just so full of pitfalls. It is easy to get screwed up when it comes to taxes. It's easy to get screwed up when it comes to retirement income planning. It's easy to get screwed up with legacy and estate planning. All this stuff. Planning is a hassle. And the problem is there's only a few pieces of the puzzle that advisors actually get paid for. And so they don't focus, in my opinion, on everything that needs to be focused on. Here at the Lynn Group, we focus on it all because you know what? Number one, I love what I do. I really get a kick out of this stuff. And it's the stuff that I don't make money on that's actually what I'm entertained the most by because trying to figure out a tax plan, trying to figure out a legacy plan, all that stuff makes total sense. And all of those decisions are actually what come full circle to help us understand what retirement investments we need to own and understand. So there's just so much there. I would encourage anybody, if you're if you're looking for a second opinion, if you're not working with somebody, if you'd like to meet and work with a certified financial planner, get a second opinion on your situation, please call us, 805-500-7035. You can visit my main website, uh, thelindgroup.com. 
We're located right in the middle of Ventura, right on Victoria, corner of Thill and Victoria, right across from the government center. You can see my big sign, the Lynn Group, out on the street. But just give us a call. Interact with us, and we'd be more than happy to, to give you our peace of mind, at least. 805-500-7035. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at the Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit their website at financiallytunedradio.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Michael Mansfield and the Lind Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 